Hey, my name is Phil, and this is my wife, Meredith, and we are the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're so glad that you have connected with us here today and that you're getting ready to listen to a message that we know is going to build a resilient faith in your life. Right now, in this moment and in our days ahead, let's continue declaring Jesus over every situation. Enjoy the message. Hey, why don't you turn in the book of Mark to the book of Mark with me all the way to the end. I want to go to Mark 16. Now, I know, of course, that we have been reading through the gospel of John if you've been following the spiritual meal plan, which I have really been enjoying. I really enjoy John's perspective and the way that he walks through it. But for today, I want us to start just with this verse here in Mark 16 and 20. It's actually the very last verse in the book of Mark. It says, and they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. And I love the way Mark leaves it just there. It's kind of like a cliffhanger holding on there at the end. It reminds me in some ways of like a superhero movie that's just going to kick a door open right at the end in case we want to come back and do a sequel on that. Mark leaves you like, and what are all of these accompanying Signs. He leaves you with this massive click cliffhanger of, and they went out everywhere, and there were all of these signs and these wonders and these miracles. And of course, you know, if you've read the New Testament, that Luke gives us that sequel, not in the book of Luke. You have to go a couple more to the book of Acts, where Acts walks us through what those early days were like. But what Mark is telling us as his final thing that he wants you to know before he closes out his account of what it was like to walk and live and see the living Jesus. He wants you to know that they went out and they preached the gospel everywhere. Come on, somebody say with me, we declare Jesus everywhere. And we lead believers in a life of resilient faith. And that's what Mark wants them to know at the very end here. He wants them to know that everywhere they went, they were speaking about Jesus. They were talking about Jesus. And right here and right now, it is our incredible privilege to carry on in that same work of the early disciples and declare Jesus everywhere, that everywhere that we go, we would be declaring the message of Jesus Christ who came and lived the sinless life and died even though there was no sin on his life so that he could take on our sins and that that grave couldn't hold him, but that he rose again on the third day so that we could be brought back in right relationship, that we declare Jesus absolutely everywhere we can possibly get to. We declare Jesus over our own lives. We look at ourselves and we say, what in me is not lining up with your word, God? What in me is not lining up with who you said and who you speak that I am? And we declare Jesus over ourselves. 
We declare Jesus into every area and sphere of influence that he gives us and that he takes us into. Every room that I walk in, I hope you know that the kingdom is coming with me and I'm prepared to declare Jesus in that space. Collectively, we declare Jesus to our region and we say in this place, in the place that you have planted us, in this region of the world, we are gonna do our work to stand on our post and declare Jesus in this space and we declare Jesus everywhere that we can possibly get to. Every space that we can get into, every medium that we can find, every channel that we can get access to, every place that God will open a door for us. For as long as there are people who still don't know that Jesus saves, for as long as there are places where his name has not been declared, for as long as there are believers wavering in their faith and uncertain and and finding themselves lukewarm, we declare the message of Jesus there and we say be strengthened and be encouraged be built up in your most holy faith find yourself resilient in the midst of the storm find yourself steady in uncertain times find yourself welcomed home into the presence of God we declare Jesus everywhere and we lead believers in a life of resilient faith it's what he has called us to it's the way he spoke it to us for the right here and right now it's what he called the early disciples to he said go out and preach my word everywhere everywhere this last week I had an appointment um, in town and it took me on my way and it took me past Central and Douglas And if you know, I stopped at the light that's right there. And for some of you who are newer to joining our family, that maybe doesn't mean anything to you. But to those of us who Cornerstone has been our home for a long time, you know that Central and Douglas is where we had our first location. It's a small little plaza where Bishop and Pastor Kathy met for the first time, opened doors and said, we are creating a space where people can come and encounter the presence of God. And there's a stoplight that's right in front of it. And so I stopped in my car at the light and I was sitting there looking out my window at the building and I just started to think about all of the things. I thought about the $1,000 offering that allowed it to all begin and what an incredible harvest that now small seed has made in the midst of all of these people. I started thinking about the man whose life would have been lost to addiction but now has grandchildren who attend this church. I thought it started thinking about the couple who thought they'd broke their marriage too far gone but now have a restored and happy relationship. I started thinking about the dozens of missions trips that have gone to foreign nations out of this place and I started thinking about all of the prophetic words that have spoke into a family's lives and turned the trajectory not just of their life but of their family lineage. I started thinking about all of the things that God has done over the past 35 something years and I just sat there looking at this small storefront plaza and just before the light turned and the car behind me started honking to push me forward I just heard God whisper a gentle wait and see what else I have for you (laughs) 
Because if I know anything about the presence of God, if I know anything about the ways of God, it's that he is able to do far more than we can plan. He is able to do far more than we can imagine. We bring him our small thing in comparison to him and say, do with it what you will. And he is able to take that thing and blow your mind. Who would have looked at that tiny storefront building and knew that it meant churches being planted in Aguas Calientes, Mexico, and churches being planted all the way in South Africa, and people being restored here in Toledo. Who would have known what God would do with a couple and a small seed 35 years ago, but he did all of this with it. And he has more that he's planning. But I don't want to miss the second half of that verse that we read. It says, they went out and they preached it everywhere. And then it says, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. It says that the Lord worked with them, which means that them must have been working. It doesn't say they sat there and they stayed where they were and God went out and did everything for them. It says the Lord worked with them. As they worked, God worked with them. As they did the we can do, God did the more than you can do. You know, we've been eating a lot of fruits and vegetables over the last few weeks, and fruits and vegetables take a lot more cutting up than like a bag of Doritos, which just comes ready for you. So I've been doing a lot of time in our kitchen standing and cutting, and I have a five-year-old who loves to be involved in anything and everything that is possibly going on, and he always wants to learn new things, especially if it's something the grown-ups do. And so he has really wanted to be helping with doing all of the cutting. And Phil and I kind of have this rule that we try our best as much as you possibly can to let our kids try to learn new things when they're interested in it. Because confidence is built by building up uh, small successes in our life. That's the way we move ourselves towards great confidence. And for some of us, the reason you don't have any confidence is because you keep avoiding the small wins that God is trying to put in front of you. But we'll talk more about that next week. We're going to talk about building and strengthening our confidence. But for this week, I'll tell you my story about Theo. He wanted to cut apples with me. And so I brought him up to the counter and I said, okay, this is how you do it. Here's a knife. Here's how you hold your hand and you're going to cut this. And then I got behind him as he went and he started to cut. And I put my hand on his one hand and I put my hand on his other hand. And as he cut, I cut. And as he cut, I guided his cuts. What God does is when we start to step out in the place that he's called us to, then he wraps his hands around you and he guides you. He orders your steps as you start to step. I began to make sure Theo was safe with his cutting, that he wasn't going to harm himself in the process. If you will start moving, God wraps around you as a hand and an arm of protection to keep a guard around you while you're walking and working, but some of us are so busy sitting and waiting that we're not giving anything to God that he can work with. He needs something. He needs you to move some time. He needs you to give some time. He needs you to volunteer some time. He needs you to show up some time. He needs an offering that he can work with as long as you're holding on, as long
long as you're sitting back, there's nothing there for him to move with. There's nothing there for him to work with. I wish somebody would say, give him something to work with in your life. He's waiting to work with you, to accompany it with signs and wonders and miracles. The more that you give God, the more he can do with it. The more that you give him, the more that he works it. The more that you give him, the more that he works it. He will work your life and he will change it and he will form it and he will place you up above a place where you have never seen, where you could never imagine. He wants to do so much more with your relationship than you can possibly imagine, but you have to start doing something with it as long as you sit there and say we're angry at each other and our backgrounds are different and this is never going to work out anyway so we're going to cross our eyes and give each other the silent treatment he can't work with that the minute you show up and say you know what we might argue and it might be awful and it might be painful and it might be difficult he can work in the midst of that and say wait 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 did you hear what he said when he said that listen past all of the pain and hear it and give his holy spirit somewhere to work with he wants to work with you but you have to do something you have to bring something for him to work with the children of Israel knew how to bring something to God in first Chronicles 29 I want you to turn there we're gonna look at this portion of scripture what's happening here is that God has given David a picture for what the temple should be like the temple that David is going to build for God he gave him a vision he gave him a plan and now David goes to the people and he says this is the vision this is the plan and they are going to bring into the house to make that vision come to pass in first Chronicles 29 starting in verse 6 it jumps in and it says, And then the leaders of the father's houses made their free will offerings, and did, as did also the leaders of the tribes, and then the commanders of thousands and of hundreds, and the officers of the king's work. They gave for the service of the house of God 5,000 talents and 10,000 derricks of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18 talents of bronze, 100,000 talents of iron, and whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord in the care of Jehiel the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced because they had given willingly, for with a whole heart they had offered freely to the Lord. And then David the king also rejoiced greatly. Right here, the children of Israel are doing exactly what we're getting ready to do. They said, God, we hear what you're saying. We see the picture and the vision and the plan that you have given us. And now we are going to bring an offering that declares to ourselves, to our community, to our neighbors, that there is something that you are doing. And we are going to make sure that everything that is needed is brought into the house to accomplish this vision. And there are a couple ways that they did it. The first way is that they did it with rejoicing. 
It says that they were joyful about bringing their offerings into the house. They did it with a glad heart, that they were excited about what God was speaking to them and excited that they could play a part in what was happening. And with great joy, they started bringing all of their gifts into the house. They started bringing all of the things of their, of their, of their talents and of their treasures into the house of God. You know, in a, a later in Cor- Corinthians, Paul tells us that we should give with a glad heart, that God loves a cheerful giver. And I want to encourage you what you bring today, bring it with rejoicing because it is such a joy that God would count us part of what he's doing. It's such a joy that he would allow us to come in and put a seed in the ground, that he would allow that to get returned to us, that he would allow any of that to be part of what we get to play in accomplishing his vision. We bring our gifts into his house with exceeding joy, with great gladness and I want you to know if you're a guest in this house if you're a visitor in this house you're welcome to give but you don't have to the people that give today are people of the family of God people who Cornerstone Church is your family and when families work together everybody contributes something when we set a table somebody sets the table and somebody fills the glasses and somebody makes the dish and somebody makes the salad and when the family it means something when all of us contribute to what's going on here it means something when joyfully we all say oh we are preparing something Something for a visitor who's getting ready to come to this table and we're all taking part in it and so when we bring our gift in just a few moments we're gonna bring it with great gladness with great rejoicing with great joy in our hearts that we can have something to bring into the house and then it says they brought in abundance did you see how much they brought They brought dozens and hundreds and thousands of gold and of gems and of precious stones. They brought abundantly into the house. They didn't bring a small gift. They didn't bring something little and say, God, do something, uh, whatever you can, with this small little bit that I have left over. And the first part of that verse that Paul says about giving joyfully, he also says, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever gives abundantly will reap abundantly. I don't know about you, but I want an abundant harvest on what we're sowing today. I want it in my own life, but more than that, I want it in these areas that we're praying over. I want an abundance of people who are coming out of addiction to be in this house, who are being raised up as leaders. I want an abundance of young people who say it's our time to stand up and speak something in the house of God. I want an abundance of strong, healthy marriages, of marriages that thought they were breaking, that are being restored, of young couples entering into marriage with strength, with holiness, with right perspective on what they're doing. I want an abundance of people at the church in Aguas Calientes. I want an abundance of a harvest because we've said, God, we're not going to hold back. We're not going to give you just a little bit. We're not even going to give you inside what seems safe. We are going to pour out abundantly in front of you and see what you won't do with it. See if you won't turn it around. See if you won't take it, press it down, shake it together and turn it back to us running over and pouring over. Giving from abundance has to do with the level of pressure it puts in your own life. 
What's abundant to you might not be abundant to your neighbor, but what I'm asking today is that you give something abundant for you, something that stretches you, something that makes a statement to your own life that I am committed to seeing what God is doing. A declaration offering comes with rejoicing and it comes with abundance. And then they had expectation. They didn't bring that offering expecting that it was just gonna hang out and it wasn't gonna do anything and there wasn't gonna come any return on what they were bringing into the house. They expected to see that everything that they brought in would turn into the plan that God had given them, would turn into the realization of what was the vision and the plans and the ideas. I am bringing my declaration offering today with an expectation that it is going to turn into realities, that it is gonna turn into lived out plans, that it is gonna turn into lives restored, that it is going to turn into the actualization of what now is just in vision. I believe that our vision will be accomplished at the level of our generosity because God will work with what we bring him. And I am attaching my expectation to that. And I also have great expectation that when I give into God's house, that he takes care of me, that he takes care of my house. It's what allows me to give abundantly. If I didn't believe that God was gonna take care of me, then I might give sparingly because I might think I need to keep some of this back for myself just in case this doesn't all work out. But when I give abundantly, I expect and I trust that God is gonna take care of me, that God is gonna watch out for me, that he is gonna line up the favor of God to go before me in my life and the questions that I have and the spaces that I can't quite work in, that as I work in the thing that he's given me strength over, as I work in the thing that he's given me authority over, that he is gonna work in the thing that I can't do anything about, that the Lord will work with me and give me many signs and wonders that confirm who he is. As we give our declaration offering today, I want you to give it with great rejoicing, with great abundance, and with expectation of what God can do in this place. Amen, church? We believe that there is great power in those words, not just because they are spoken, but in your ability to apply them to your life. And when those words are applied, great transformation will take place in your life. Yeah, that's right. And we hope that that message spoke to you right where you are. If it did, we would love to invite you to partner with us in making sure that other people are part of this message and are hearing the words that are coming out as well. You can do so by giving and just jumping over to cornerstone.church so that we can keep declaring Jesus everywhere. And if you haven't done so yet, we want to encourage you to click the subscribe button and the little bell so that you can get notified every single time that new content is uploaded here.